On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. It is time for a long-awaited Second Shot Sit-Down about the woman who took ranch water and went ahead and just put it in the can and the world went wild, or at least we did here in Texas and other parts of the country. It's time to welcome CEO and founder of Ranch 2.0, Amelia Latiri. Good to see you. Thanks so much for having me. Listen, this is quite the concept. It's kind of like one of those where it's like, why didn't somebody do this before? Yeah. Right? Well, my husband and I used to walk around saying, um, what is this common, or what is a uh, common problem. Let's find a simple solution. And it was literally like I would go to the fridge and there would be no Topo Chico or I'd never have limes. And, was, and one day my husband just said, oh, you think somebody would have a pre-made ranch water so we don't have this issue. You would think. Yeah, but we didn't back back in the old days. Oh, right? gosh, back in the old days, before 2020 when you, um, right. when you got this all going. Okay, so as I understand it, you had been in the beverage industry for about a decade. And I'm guessing you were kind of like seeing everything behind the scenes thinking, huh, I wonder if I could do this or how did that all go down? Yeah, I mean, I started um, on the co-packing side of beverages and I really got to find how they did, how they put beverages in cans. And I just thought it was so fun. Everyone was having a blast and um, I was in finance and it was not as fun as people in alcohol, uh, you know. I see. Um, and then I went to 7-Eleven. And so I really learned at 7-Eleven, you know, they are the world's leader of convenience. And mm -hmm. so it's like, how do you create that atmosphere? You give consumers what they want. and uh, getting to work with 7-Eleven and seeing, you know, they are focused on giving consumers convenience. And so really I put both of those experiences together and thought, what are some conveniences I need in my life uh -huh. and how can we bring it to the market? And you were like, it's, it's gotta be the ranch water. Yeah. Like it's just, that's <laughs> gotta be the convenience. Okay. So it's one thing to think, okay, I want to do this. It's another thing to actually make it happen. Where did you start? Google. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and, and I say that jokingly. Um, I have just a lot of industry contacts from being in the industry for so long, a lot of really great mentors. I knew the direction I wanted to head. And so I started calling my mentors and just, you know, this is what I want to do. Do you know somebody that I can connect with? And then from there, really, we just, you know, started getting those expert opinions and advices really from the mentors that I'd, I'd made all my career. And then what do you do? Go to a laboratory? Do yeah. you say, I have my own expert mixture? This is yeah. how much lime? How does that work? Okay, that's the fun part. Um, so we formulated all of the drink recipes in our kitchen. Um, like a commercial kitchen or like your home kitchen? Our home kitchen. Okay. Um, but then well, that I... That was really kind of you guys to experiment all that. Yeah. It was really nice. <laughs> it was so hard. All those tequilas <laughs> we had to try. Um, but then we sent our kitchen recipes, which were my family recipes um, from growing up as a child. We sent them off to a beverage formulator because I am not a scientist sure. and I don't want to kill people. So Good we wanted call. to make sure that the products were shelf stable and um, that we could scale up for large production. Uh, so we spent 10 months going back and forth with a beverage formulator, making sure uh, that the drinks we were creating 
actually tasted good. And we played with everything from the actual amount of tequila to the amount of carbonation in the can. And are you working at the time? Like yeah. what is life, talk about what life looks like at this time. Cause I think this is the confusing part for people who are maybe wanting to venture out on their own or they have a, you know, a project and they're like, is this a career? Is it a hobby? Is it by like, what, what did that look like? Yeah, for you? I was working full time um, for another oil and gas company and I was leading their growth strategy. So I had a very stressful job and I'd uh, get home in the evenings and, you know, start working on formulations with my husband. And we went, went on a lot of walks and we talked about the vision we had for the company. And, you know, um, but it was certainly not like I had a full amount of time to, to focus on it. When did, when did you? So this is a fun part. Um, we finished formulation in January of 2020 uh -huh. and I started fundraising because up until that point we'd been self-funded, but I needed to raise money to continue. Uh, and uh, March 1st of 2020, we were about halfway to our fundraising goal. And I went into the CFO's office and I said, hey, I'm so sorry, I need to resign. I've got this other opportunity. Um, and I gave them, I gave them four weeks. And uh, the next week, the markets crashed, COVID took over. And I thought, oh no, what have I done? Um, I lost all of that initial funding money because my investors were nervous and nobody knew what was gonna happen. We right. were in lockdown, um, sheltering in place. And- um, People I, just straight up backed out. Oh yeah, just-, just How does that go? It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to back out as of they giving either, somebody money, isn't it? <laughs> right. They either uh, avoid you or they just, uh, you know, just say, hey, I'm sorry. I don't know what's oh going on. Gosh. And so um, that happened and it was devastating. But I through it all talking to friends and I had one very good friend um, who just told me, Amelia, just keep going. The people who fail are the people who quit. And I don't feel like you're ready to fail yet. And so I did, I kind of uh, started calling other people I hadn't talked to yet. And, and that those people led me to other people that they knew. And so ultimately we were able to close our first round of funding only a couple months later when we were actually oversubscribed. So we ended up with more money than we needed, um, which was a huge blessing. Everyone was drinking heavily during the day by then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that uh, helped helped you at all. Yeah. Really, but yeah, <laughs> I, so that had to have been, yeah, it would have been really easy to quit then. It'd be like, oh, that was a good idea, but you know what? We should probably like go back to that corporate job. And then what about your husband at the time? What's, what's he thinking? My husband, he's so supportive. It was really his encouragement that told me you need to yeah. do this company. He knew that I had the experience and um, just all along, he's almost been my biggest cheerleader of, no, you got this, you can do this. And he was giving me ideas for how to keep going. And so he was in the oil and gas industry himself. And um, I, I think that he saw the vision almost before I did and yeah. really just kept pushing me to keep going. Had you ever created a product before? No. No. Anything, like <laughs> we're going back like lemonade stand, like Listen, that was it. <laughs> I, I could create cocktails in my home kitchen and drink a lot, um, yeah. but it really, I was, like I said, I was finance. And so taking something to the market was totally new for me. Um, and it, there's been a lot that I, you know, envisioned that uh -huh. hasn't happened. And then there's been a lot that I never thought possible that's happened. And so uh, every day is a new day. Well, that's, I mean, that's the attitude you have to have, right? You have to just you know, kind of keep going. What, what, was there a moment where you thought, okay, you know what, this really is not going to work? Like, aside from when all the, you know, funding. The funding was the biggest piece. And yeah. I, I have a, I'm pretty religious. And so I just at one point was like, okay, God, if this isn't for me, yeah. send me a sign. And the next 
day I got a call from an investor saying, hey, not only do we want to give you the money we promised, but we want to give you more money. And we have other friends who want to give you a lot of money too. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is the yes. sign now. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I, I would just say that mentality back then has helped propel me forward for, I get bad news every other day it feels like. Yeah. I mean, there's stressful situations and I just think back to that moment. Of, of when you got that yeah. sort of, that sign. That sign, that like sign, the, yeah. That you had re really been asking for. I think w when I um, talk to people like you, I find it so interesting to think about what does that feel like to have people who have um, said, oh, Amelia, you've got a great idea and I'm gonna give you a ton of money to make sure it's successful. What is that? Do you, does it feel like pressure or does it feel like pride? Um, both. I, a lot of my investors are people that I'd worked for. Um, and so that is a, that I carry a large amount of pride with that because these are people that know my work ethic. Um, they employed me for several years. And, and even, you know, on my worst days, I, one of my bosses I worked for for a long time, he was like, I, I want you to know that I invested in you because I believe in you. And that's what we're going for here. And so that's pride. I mean, that's prideful. But then, of course, on the flip side, every day I'm terrified that I'm going to lose these people's money. And right, like you got to pay them uh, back. Like they are expecting a return. Yeah, yeah. They're expecting this to blow up. Right. I, that that's the part too. That I think, <laughs> and, I know, and I'm glad you are. Like you have to have that kind of confidence. You have to be just like completely over the top with it in order for something like that to work. What did you start with? Because I know that you've expanded since you first started. Um, in fact, there's one that I haven't even tried yet. So talk about what which products you started with and then how you expanded. Yeah, so we started with three, um, and they're liquor-based canned cocktails. So we use True Spirits in them, but we started with our ranch water, which is an authentic Texan ranch it, water. What's True Spirit? Is that like a brand uh, or a type a, of? Tequila, yeah. So okay. like stuff you can buy in a grocery store is a malt or wine base or beer base. But in Texas, you have to buy spirits from a liquor store, liquor from a liquor store. So okay. we can only be sold in liquor stores because we use tequila, vodka, and gin. Um, and so we launched with our ranch water and our classic Marg, which are both a, a Blanco tequila base, and then our cranberry vodka soda, which is obviously a vodka base. And then in the summer of 2021, we launched our gin fizz, and we actually formulated our own gin for that. Um, and so those are our four main products right now. Now, I'm really excited because we are about to launch a variety pack uh, any day now. This is one of those challenges in my right. business. When is our distributor <laughs> going to pick them up? Like we have liquor stores waiting for them. Yeah. Um, but it'll be the first variety pack of its kind in that it's, it'll have three of our spirits, vodka, tequila, and gin. Typically variety packs have just the same type of liquor in it. So it'll be all tequila, but different flavors. But really I built Ranch 2.0 because I wanted to give an array of products for an array of tastes. And that's what our uh, six pack variety pack will do. Yeah, you want a little something different every once in a while. Yeah, you gotta yeah. mix it up. Yeah. W when you're expanding, how does that decision come about? Is it, um, okay, we've made some money, so now we're going to make another product or is it like we need to make some money so we're making another product or what does that look like? Well, in terms of our lineup, it really is just looking at what the consumers are kind of heading towards and what they're trending towards. And we kept seeing that consumers would walk in and try our products and say, oh, I wish I could have two or three of them at a time. And I was like, well, just take one of each, you know? Sure. But it's a much easier sell when they've got the variety pack. Um, so really it's just about looking at consumer trends, what's working, what's not. Um, and in terms of expanding to other states, that's kind of a whole nother set of, set of factors that goes into that.
Because how many states are you in now? We're in seven states now, Texas, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Colorado, Tennessee, and we just launched this summer in California and Illinois. Okay, so yes. you're still waiting to go like East Coast or yeah. what, what's next? Oh, what's good. the target? That's a, that's a great question. We've got another state we're working on right now, but I think it's too early to share okay, that. Okay, I don't want to, like, yeah, I don't, definitely <laughs> It'll do be good. not want to. It, it'll be good. I do not want to jinx it. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I interview for these types of seg segments, you know, with businesses and such, they grew up in business yeah. or perhaps their family, they were entrepreneurs or maybe they're taking over for the family. What about you? W did you have a background in that? Um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs, but not in this industry at all. Um, so really everything that I've built, I've done, you know, I, I, honestly, we've had no family investors. We've just had friends or friends of friends so there's really bosses. been yes <laughs> ex-bosses yes ex-bosses who still love me um really uh, we've had no family support financially um obviously they're excited for us and they support us yeah. you know by cheering us on but we didn't have that kind of base and so really um it's been bootstrapping it and and that's maybe what's been a little bit hard about this industry just the liquor industry in general is a very old boys network and uh -huh. um it's driven off of relationships and so I've had to work to build a lot of those relationships that I have now. Oh, totally. I mean, we talk to people all the time that, yeah, it's the family, it's yeah. the family liquor business and they yeah. grew up in it. So I can imagine it being hard for, you know, maybe more of a newcomer to come in and, you know, be new on the scene and have something new. What do you think is the most unexpected hurdle that you've run into where you're like, whoa, okay. Didn't think about this one. Oh, God. well, um, I back when we started Range 2.0, we were the first of its kind. We were the first people to put true liquor in a can. And so when I go back and look at pictures, there were not that many products on the market that we were competing with. What I didn't expect was that all of the major alcohol brands would then start putting their alcohol in cans either. And so, you know, where I thought we were creating a new segment of the liquor industry, the ready to drink category. And we wouldn't have to really compete with big brands. The big brands are who I'm competing with now. And I, that was unexpected. Do you feel like they copied you or do you think that it was just kind of coincidence that it happened around the same time? I think that they saw where the market was going as well. Yeah. Um, they obviously weren't on the market at the time. And where we took 10 months to formulate, they may take three weeks. So they can definitely get things on the market quicker. Um, but I think that they really wanted to capitalize on the growing trend. What does that feel like when you walk into the store and then you see your product and then you uh, see these others that are, they're kind of the same. Yeah. What does that feel like? <laughs> it's a little terrifying. Um, yeah, what's even more scary is some of my favorite you know, alcohol brands have a canned cocktail and oh, I think, oh, I love partnering. Yeah, I love, yeah. I love this brand. I love both of these. And I wonder if their drinks taste as good as they do individually. Uh, what's given me comfort is that really there's not been one brand that I've thought nailed their canned cocktail. And I'm not just saying that as a brand owner, I'm really saying it as a consumer. I love supporting other brands um, if I can. And if it's good, then I'm right. happy to share about that. Um, but it's, you know, there's a, a big brand that I'm thinking of currently and they actually, their products hit the market and they sold out immediately. Well, they're taking them off the market now because the consumers weren't returning to buy them just because right. the quality of taste wasn't there. Right, you know, packaging goes a long way with that first purchase. Yes. It yes. really does, because you want something, it's like you want it to look cute on your Instagram feed. and then But then you have to have it taste good. So I see right. what you're saying, perhaps you took 
longer and maybe, you know, didn't have all these other connections and stuff, but but it tastes good, so people keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, I just have to compete with their large marketing budgets and get creative. I mean, but they're not here, you know, talking on this podcast <laughs> or on this TV show, so, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when you think about the future and, and, you know, your plans, what is your, what's your dream? Oh, gosh. Um, in my dream, ultimately, I'm a, I'm a, former private equity girl. So my dream is to sell the company to a strategic. I think that um, there's only so much I can do with this brand. Just being honest, I mean, I hate to say say that, but I I don't have a lot of those larger connections that, that big companies do. Sure. And so my dream would be to get to partner with a large strategic and, and really work with them hand in hand to build out the brand nationally. Uh, it's really cool that we're in seven states. I'd love to be in all the states and I'd love to be top of mind for all the consumers. And I think yeah. it's just gonna take a lot more work to get that done. Sure, okay, you're just gonna never sleep until you get it done. <laughs> I would like to sleep in the future. I'd like to take a vacation. <laughs> yeah, what, what, have these, what have these years been like? Obviously you started this like pandemic time, so a lot, not a lot of people were vacationing, but I'm sure before you had like your three weeks of vacation at a normal oh. job. What is life like now, your schedule, like your personal life schedule, yeah. friends, family, as compared to before when you worked for somebody? Yeah, I had a really, I mean, I was working all the time before. Um, I would say that now it's nice because I can create my own schedule. Mm -hmm. I obviously still work all the time, but if I need to go to my daughter's field trip, yeah. I can do that and I don't have any guilt about attending that. And so I think my kids probably think that I'm more present than before. They still complain because we, you know, just the alcohol industry has a lot of nighttime events and um, totally. That we always have babysitters, but then I kind of remind them, well, you know, mommy gets to do all these other fun things with you. And um, I think that they appreciate that for sure. That's an, that's an interesting note. And I think that um, there is sort of like, there's always people who work for a company who have, have or maybe envious of somebody who works for themselves. And, and, and there's just, listen, there's good and bads to, to yeah. both hands, right? Like with, like to your point about the field trips, but then the, you know, the evening events and such. I want to hear your advice for somebody who has a really dynamite idea or maybe even like a mediocre idea they just really want to do and they don't have money they don't have connections yeah what would you say to him or her um <laughs> good luck <laughs> um i'm gonna say be prepared it is not easy um I was lucky enough to have somebody who'd started a big water brand that's uh -huh. now massive he talked to me and I sought him out to get his advice and he laid down, here's all of the uh, issues you're gonna encounter. And it's not gonna be so rosy, but don't let me stop you um, because I want you to know about what the pitfalls are. But if you believe you have a great idea, it's so worth it. Um, not every brand makes it, not every consumer product makes it, but a lot of people bring a lot of really cool uh -huh. ideas to the market that nobody would have thought of and then all of a sudden it's huge and so it's that if you have that conviction and really that grit and the mental toughness um to keep going in the face of no's mm -hmm. being told no then do it i mean was the water entrepreneur correct the, oh, 100%. The things that he said yes, yes. was he was pretty spot on. A hundred percent, he was spot on. And um, there's he, there's a lot in every industry. There's a lot of things nobody talks about that you kind of experience, and you're like, oh, this feels kind of 
this isn't what I imagined it would be. I yeah. thought it would be better. Um, but that's every industry. And so you just really have to learn to, to operate within the guidelines mm -hmm. and control what you can control. And, you know, if, if I would say that if somebody wants to bring something to market, they want to do something, be prepared to talk to a lot of people. Um, networking is your biggest friend. Asking for advice, getting mentorship, that's been huge for me. I always say, um, I, I know I'm smart, but I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart enough to know everything. That's key. And um, so on things that I don't know, I, I, I'm not afraid to ask, and I also am not afraid you know, to take other people's advice, I think kind of mm -hmm. watching your ego, your ego can get away from you really fast. Um, if you don't check it, then good luck because it's just going to be even more tough. Ah, uh, yes. Let's talk mm -hmm. about your kids. Do, do yeah. you, knowing what you know now and, and seeing what you, your life is like day in, day out, do you hope that one day they take over the business? You know, they they love they think it's really cool that we have a product and they can go to the store and look at it they can't buy it obviously <laughs> yeah right um but they think that that's really cool i really i don't want to 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 peg them into a hole um my my son i have an eight-year-old son for example yeah. and he loves sports and i don't want him to play football but he would be a great sports agent you know and so I don't want them to do something just because it's a family business. I want them to really follow their passions and dreams and, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, alcohol, the alcohol industry was not a part of my background. I just kind of stumbled upon it and just fell in love with it. And so I, I really want that for them too. Right. To be able to just kind of find their way yeah, or find what they love and not be afraid to go after it. Right. If you knew how hard it was going to be, <laughs> would you still do it? I feel like that's got, you, you got to ask that, right? Uh, I think so. I, somebody was asking me that the other day, and I don't, sitting here now, I don't know what else I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. Uh -huh. There are days that are wonderful. I, being an entrepreneur, you have days that are high highs and low lows, and it could be within 10 minutes of each other. Um, and so even on those days, there's always the next day, which is so exciting mm -hmm. and good. And um, I still am very optimistic about the business and I think that there's a long way we have to go, a lot of work we need to do, but I see, you know, it's kind of like pushing that snowball up a hill. Uh -huh. And it's like when I keep waiting to figure out when we get to that peak, you know, and like that you've made it. Yeah. Like then we're not having to push. We're like just chasing it. And um, maybe that's what keeps me going is I feel like we're almost there. We're almost to the top. Oh my gosh. I did the similar interview with the owners of Tiff's Treats who of oh, course yeah. started here. They still feel like they're pushing. Oh my gosh. I know. I they're was legends. Like, oh my, that's what I thought. I thought, <laughs> well, surely you guys are coasting down now. And yeah. they were like, we wish, yeah. you know, so I wonder if it's just that type of personality that will always just kind of keep pushing anyway. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, a lot of people, you know, when they, they talk to me, they're like, oh, business is great. Like, we're so proud of you. You're, you're, you're everywhere. And I think on the surface, that's what they see. And on my side, I see that we're not, you know, anywhere where I expected to be, where mm -hmm. I feel let down by my business. And maybe that's just the attitude of an entrepreneur. Um, and so it's kind of this weird dynamic when people say, you're doing so great, we're, you know, you're everywhere. I, I have to stop myself from saying, well, actually we're not everywhere and we're not doing so great. Um, <laughs> you're like, am I, am yeah, I everywhere? Am I? Like, where did you see me? Cause I haven't seen myself at all. Um, yeah, so I think that that, you have to definitely balance um, people's expectations and uh -huh. kind of they, 
and maybe take it with like, oh, you know, thank you for seeing that because I needed to hear that today. Right. Have you come up with any coping, or do you have any like particular, you know, <laughs> coping aside from drinking, aside from drinking ranch water, um, any coping mechanisms for dealing with the high highs and the low lows of entrepreneurship? Um, a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, I've said this before. I don't know. It's got to be hard if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have that higher spirit that you believe in, because there's a lot of days where I'm like. Jesus take the wheel. Like yeah. only only this would happen if we had God, you know, God with us. Um but also I do a lot of walking. A lot of walking in the neighborhood, a lot of, you know, listening to music just to unwind and I find that I'm better balanced that way. Yeah. Um just getting that physical activity and then kind of stepping outside of it. Just like when you started, just like when you and your yeah. husband were doing the walks and talking about the yeah. business. Do you do a certain amount of steps per day? No, I don't. You're not don't, a step tracker. Know. You have a normal yeah. watch. <laughs> I have another one too, but okay. um, <laughs> no, I don't because I there's some days where I get, you know, 20,000 steps and then other days where I barely moved at all. Right. Um, <laughs> right so. at the computer all day. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm on the phone all day. Do you work from an office or from home? We um, were fortunate enough we have a home office or I have a home office. And so I work the front of our house is my office and so I get to see the comings and goings of all the neighbors and um, you know if my kids want to walk home from school they can if I'm home um, I love I love that aspect of it because I can then pop into the kitchen for lunch oh I mean it's really not having to now it's funny when I have to go out I'm like where did all this traffic come right. from this is well, everyone back went back to the office except yeah. for you and we are all having envy yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. listen, where can everybody find you? Where can everybody, you know, buy? Obviously, people will be hearing the audio from all over the country. So certain states, we're not there yet. Yeah. But what, what's the website and where can people go to, you know, stalk you? So they can go to ranch20.com um, and we have a find us feature so people can type in their address and um, find the, the liquor store closest to them. And every state has different rules about where we can be sold. So I really encourage people to go there. In the state of Texas, if people are watching here, um, liquor stores, most of the major liquor stores carry us as well as a lot of really fun independents. And so um, I encourage them to go to the Find Us feature. And if we're not in their local liquor store, it really helps when people ask for us. That's the biggest, um, the biggest help is when liquor store owners, when I go in and talk to liquor store owners and they say, oh, actually my clients have been asking for you. Like, yes. that's what I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yes. Okay. You want me? Are you sure it's me? <laughs> yes, it like, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, Amelia, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for yeah. being so candid and so honest. I am totally cheering you on. Thank you. Um, and I'm gonna, just gonna start requesting you guys. That's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna start requesting go here and there <laughs> if we don't see it. Thank you so much for your yeah. time today. And here's the deal, you guys. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating or review. We will link up everything to Ranch 2O on our website. And don't forget, you can always catch these on CW33 and CW33.com. We'll talk to you soon.